Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many believes we need it? Amen. With all of our hearts. Amen. It's evident. Everybody on the earth is getting into the spirit of something. Amen. People are in the spirit of war and the spirit of confusion and the spirit of hatred and all types of things are going on. I'm glad I'm in the spirit of Christ. Aren't you glad tonight? That's what's going to get us out of this place. Let's read tonight from the book of Nehemiah, if you would, chapter 8. Watch what happens when people get into the spirit, not only of, of reading the word and hearing the word, but get into the spirit of the word as, quick, as it's quickened for the hour that they live. Now, what we're going to read, of course, I've been reading it for, for several services, but as the people gather themselves together and the book of the law is going to be read, remember, by this time frame, this book of the law is about a thousand years old, a thousand years old since it was given to Moses and written down. But yet, even though it had been that long, the Spirit of God had come upon the Word. Now, the Word itself had been there ever since it had been given. No doubt it had been hidden scrolls and uh, different types of objects, clay jars, things like that. Never changed one as far as we know. As far as we know, it never changed one clay jar and made it into a human. But if it can get into humans, which are clay jars, it transforms them into vessels that God can use. Watch, let's read together. Nehemiah 8.1. And all the people gathered themselves together. Now, that's what we've done here tonight. All the people gathered themselves together, and this is how they did it. As one man. As one man. Now, this is an absolute miracle because there's between 30 and 50,000 people that are gathered in Jerusalem at this time. As one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law out, the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear, listen closely, with understanding, with understanding. Upon the first day of the seventh month. Now, the seventh month was the most holy, sacred month of all the months of Israel's calendar. The first, of course, was Abib, which is the beginning of the month or the year, and it was out of there the Passover. But more feasts came in the time of the seventh month than any of the rest. So the seventh, of course, being convocation number and all of that. Now, notice this, and he read therein before the street, that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those, again, that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Nobody had the Holy Ghost now. Nobody was even saved, as we'd call it, saved. Nobody was baptized in water. Nobody 
had ever had one gift of the Spirit, none of these people were converted. They were Old Testament people, but they simply believed what God said. And the Spirit of God had come upon this portion of the Word and had anointed them, and they become attentive to the Word. And now they're hearing it, some of them for the first time. They've come from the Babylonian Empire, which has been overtaken by the Persian Empire. Now, under the Persian domain, they're given the right to come back and reestablish, according to the vision of Jeremiah, their place in the kingdom of God. What a parallel it is to us. How many would like to be remembered tonight? You want attentive ears? You want an open heart? Not just ears on the side of your head that can hear, but a heart that can be able to perceive. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we also have gathered here tonight. You alone know if every one of us have gathered as one man. You can look at every heart and know that some may be gathered for this reason or that reason or another purpose. But Father, even if some have come tonight and they've not really come under the oneness of unity, I pray, may the Spirit of God so change their hearts, even though they didn't come that way, let them leave that way before this service is over. Maybe some of them are burdened with troubles and sickness and worry and different things going on in their lives. And Satan does that to us many times to keep us from entering into that oneness of unity. But may we, Father, move aside as best as we can all the cares of life, the troubles, the difficulties. May we move into this attentive channel of the Spirit of God. Now, Father, we're not asking that the book of the law would be open to us. For we know that book has been closed And those of the Old Testament that were saved, as we would say, by believing it, they have been sealed away with the word of their day. But now we know we're under a new covenant, and we have a new book. And with that new book comes also another releasing. So, Father, here we are in our day, and we're asking you, anoint us, Father, as you did in the days of Nehemiah. May we be blessed, O Father, from this service. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know some people probably, they hear about the seven seals and the seven thunders and the breach between the church ages and the seals and all of that, and they think, what, what, what's, what's the significance to any of that anyway? I, all I need to know is to be saved, and uh, I'm going to heaven, and I'm, I'm a Christian, and I believe the Lord. Uh, why do I need to know anything other than that? But you see, God is the one who allocates his word in the journey. It's not for us to say, well, this is important and this is not so much and this is important and this is not so much, but it's for the master of the word himself. And if he says this has relevance, this is not very important, this is deep, this is shallow, 
this is minor, this is major, then to me, I want to be on the same page that the author himself is on. You understand? Now, even though I can play a little bit of music, I cannot read music. I don't know one note of music, not the first note. If you put up any song that I can play, put it up before me in sheet music and not put the title or the words, I would know that song a bit more than any other song just by reading the music because I cannot read music. Now, I went to band in school, and I played a little bit of the trumpet, and I played a little bit of the kettle drums, and this and that and the other, but that just wasn't who I was. But if I hear it, if I hear it, now many of the songs that I play, the specials and all that, the brothers can read this Nashville code. Well, old Donnie can't read the Nashville code or the Alabama code or the Mississippi code. No, I can't do it. So these songs, some of these songs they're playing, I've never heard them in my life. So I can't play them by reading the code. I cannot play them because I can be able to see it on sheet music. But I play them by hearing the notes. And then I will accent the notes as I hear the song being played. Now, you know, it's the same way when it comes to the word. Some people, the only way they know how to play music is by reading the sheet music. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's really good. And a person who can do that, it's marvelous, many of them, what they can do. Unless you pull that sheet music out from in front of them. And then when you remove that sheet music out from off of them and you would take it off of this music stand right here, they would come to a screeching halt because they can't play anything by ear. Now, I'm not downing that at all because some of the greatest composers that ever lived, that's the way they wrote and heard and played music. And there's others that they can play it and they can hear it, but you put it before them and they wouldn't know where to start. They wouldn't know how to end. They know nothing about it because they cannot read what's right there in front of them. So sometimes you have to be trained to read what's right in front of you or it could contain such beautiful, beautiful music, but you could never bring it out because you cannot read it. Now, it's the same with the Bible, the same with the Word of God, that people, you know, many of them read it every day, and they have their daily devotions, and they have, have it set up on the apps on their phone, and they will start their day off, and they're drinking their morning coffee or eating their donut or whatever more, and they'll sit there with their phone or their iPad in their lap, and they're reading their devotions of the day, and, and they will get good things out of it, and they will be blessed as different authors will pen and say, several good things to them, but yet the Bible will still remain a closed book unless the author himself, by the Spirit of God, opens their understanding. Then they will serve God the entirety of their Christian walk from a closed book view.
Now, this is the way that the law was to the people in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. And many of them, as we've already looked at, for some of them, it's the first time that they've even heard the reading of the law. For some, they had heard it by tradition. Their father, their grandfather had told them. But now it's not just that they're hearing it read again, but it is the spirit of the age which has now captured their souls and they're being illuminated as far as a person could be illuminated in the Old Testament. So the spirit of the time had caught up with the time. You understand? The spirit of the time had caught up with the time. So prophecy can be said for many centuries before the time would actually arrive. Then the time will arrive and the prophecy will catch up with the time. And then the anointing will be released for that prophecy to start to come to pass. No matter how much how much the people would try to fulfill Malachi 4, until the time of the promise do not near, it would never come into full manifestation. We've tried to produce bride revivals. We've tried to have a seven thunder revival, a Perusia revival, this revival, that revival, another revival, but we will never be able to produce a bride's revival until the bride time arrives and coincides with the word of the hour. This is exactly where the people of Israel were. Now, we looked at a couple of Wednesdays ago and started with this in the parallel of the opening of the book that was the abstract title D. And it was called by several different names, but it was the, the title to redemption or the book of redemption or the title D, called by, by many different ones. Notice this in Revelation chapter five. The prophet says, now our kinsman is handed the seven sealed book of redemption from the original owner. The original, the original owner. When we lost it, don't you notice how he puts all of us in this same category as Adam. Now you see, it may seem unfair, and I know it does because I hear people still talking about it, that they think that it is unfair because one man and one woman was what brought everything upon the entire race. And you may think that is unfair until you look at the positive side of that and how redemption is gonna work. Now, God put Adam as the head of the race and Adam represented me, Adam represented you. And it may seem unfair to your sisters that by Eve doing what she done, that she actually brought on the multiplication of sorrow and childbirth and pain and the agony that your sisters have to go through to give birth to your children. And you're saying, well, that's not really fair. It's not really right for it to be done that way. But when you look at reconciliation and redemption, and you realize by one man's fall, all of us fell with him. But the positive side of that is that by one man's justification, by one man's right standing before God, all of that race would also be justified as well. 
by one woman believing the promised word, Mary the virgin, be it unto me according to thy word, then God used that one woman to be able to bring back the lamb which would be able to die in our stead. Is that right? So when you look at the one uh, representative of a race, it's not near as bad when you look at the redemptive side. Now watch this, so the hands of of Satan were unable to take this original title deed. It could not go back to the hands of Adam because once Adam forfeited it, it went back into the hands of the original owner. But there's been a poacher on the land. A poacher, he calls him a poacher and a squatter. And he says, a squatter and that's Satan. He come over, he's a poacher. The earth don't belong to him. It belongs to God, but he's a poacher, a squatter. Man, I could say something right now, but I better not. It is the title deed of our redemption, the seven seal book. It's the title deed. You wait till we get into those seals. He breaks the seals, reveals, gives us his inheritance to the people. He gives the inheritance that he inherited by becoming kinsman redeemer. Notice this now. And freely gives it out to us. It all belonged to him. He was the one who redeemed, but instead of keeping it himself, he gives it back to the people. That's his love for us, aren't you? glad. But notice now, Satan is the possessor of it. Now it seems strange, there's a difference in being the owner and being the possessor. Now I read a story this week of a woman who lived in Maryland. And this woman decided to go down to Florida for an extended vacation. Well, she goes to Disney and she goes here and there and there and and she's gone for for several, several days. Well, when the woman comes back to her home in Maryland and she arrives in the nighttime and it's dark and the woman goes in and she puts her key in the door and opens the door and when she goes in and she walks into her living room uh, through the front door, she has no sofa She has no tables, no chairs, no lamps. Uh, There's not a piece of furniture in her living room. Well, the woman is astonished. She goes into the kitchen, her appliances are gone, so she's just going from one room to another to another in her home, and as she goes into her bedroom, there's a man and woman that's sleeping in her bed. The only piece of furniture that is left in the woman's house is occupied by total strangers. Now the woman lets out a big scream. And of course the man and woman, they wake up and the woman is trying to ask them, the homeowner, who are you? What are you doing here? Well, what has happened? So they went on to explain to her that they needed a place to live and they watched her that she was gone for several days and they really didn't see why that it would be an issue and because they were poor and didn't have no food, they just started hawking every piece of furniture out of the woman's property. Well, the woman gets her phone and she calls 911. 
And by this time, they begin to threaten her and they run out and the woman is not in the presence of mind to start taking the pictures of the man and the woman. So they run out. Well, the police finally come and she tells what they've done. Uh, they try to describe what they look like, you know, what, what color hair, this and that and the other. And the police told them, said, lady, do you have a gun? She said, well, yes. She said, well, they said, let me just tell you what we advise people to do. We advise people here in this county, whenever they have people that have broke into their home, we advise them to shoot them on the spot. Now, this is in Maryland. I was totally surprised the way Maryland generally leads. But, I mean, this cop went over it again. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Yes, sir, I think I do. So he said, if they come back and walk in your door, drop them both. Wow, I believe we got some lefties here in the church the way y'all were acting to this. I ain't talking about your hand either. Now, I, I thought that was quite amazing that I read this, especially since I was gonna deal with this tonight. But, you know, in looking at that and how appalled that all of us would be if that happened to us. But I think that we ought to apply it in the spiritual way even more so than if it would be our home or our apartment or our condo or whatever it would be that Satan is a squatter. Now, he has no right to be able to do it, but he knows enough about the just law of God to know that he can possess it without a title for a period of time. Now, these people came and went out of this house. They were using it as their own. They were selling this woman's property as their own. They were treating it as their own. They probably still would have been there if she had stayed at Disney World. Leaving Disney World really upset her, their little dream, didn't it? Well, I think it's time some of us leave a spiritual Disney World that we're living in. And we think we've got to be beat down we think we can't have no joy. We think we've, well, we're, we're in the message and we believe the Bible. We've got to be beat down, says who? Oh my, Brother Donnie, we're in the last days. We can't have peace. Show me that in the Bible. My Bible tells me it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. My Bible tells me the Lord Jesus wants us to have his joy. He wants us to ask for great things and many of them. Them. But you see, in order for that to happen, there has to be an opening of the book in this day as well, or we will never find our inheritance. Now, it depends, of course, upon what type of ministry you're sitting under, what you listen to, what you feed upon, and all of that. How much of it will actually be open to you as an individual? Many preachers preach from a partially open book. Many of the denominations, they preach from a partially open book, open by theology, open by seminary and so on, but we know that it takes uh, more than a theologian to open the book. Only the lamb can open the book of redemption. Now, in that book of redemption, it is the title deed to my eternal life. It is the title deed to my new body. It is the title deed to my future home. It is the title deed to everything I will need in this life's journey. So if I'm sick, by his stripes, I am already healed. 
Now, it might take my body a few days or a few weeks sometimes to catch up with that revelation, but if God can open that book in my heart and help me to see it, it will only be a matter of time until my confession will make my body line up as what the Word says about me. Now, if I'm quoting that from a closed book, it will only be memorization and I will quote it over and over again, but my heart must be open to the contents of the book the same way these people's heart was open to believe that the law of Moses was not just for Moses. It was not just for their great, 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 great grandfathers that lived back there in the day, but they believed this word was for them. How many believes it's for you? Now, notice what he does. The prophet says, it is the title deed of our redemption, this seven-sealed book is the title deed. Now, in that, of course, Satan knows that he can come and live in the apartment, as it were, and he's able to move the furniture as he wills, and he takes some of it down, he gives it away to the goodwill, and he takes it over there and sells it down at A1 Pawn Shop, and then he goes to your garage and your outbuilding, and he just gets rid of whatever he wants to because you're no longer there. So you're just become delinquent to your property. I hope you're hearing me tonight. You know, it's the same way with us in the day that we're living. We can be so busy with life that we're no longer here watching over our soul property. We're so busy with this and that and the other and soccer and baseball and football. My Lord, how many balls can we accommodate in this hour that we're living? Our lives are filled with all types of ball, 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 ball. But I think we ought to be a little bit more consumed about our soul, soul, soul. Well, praise the Lord. Now notice he said Satan is a squatter. He don't legally own this and he's had 2,000 years of fuss whether he owns it or somebody else owns it, but Christ came as the kinsman redeemer and redeemed it back to us, but Satan possesses it. Now remember, he's the prince of the power of the darkness. He's the prince of the power of the air. Jesus called him in John the prince of the world. He is the prince of all this fear. He can move into the wind. He can move into the rain, move into the storms, and he still has that. He can possess it, but it doesn't mean that it's his. He has no title deed. Satan can get into a person's body and by demon possession live inside of that body. It does not mean that body is his, but he simply gets inside of them, if we've seen it many, many times, when we'd have to cast out devils, and that devil would take them over in such a place as I dealt with a certain, a certain circumstances several years ago, and I was called to a place not too far from here, just a few miles down the road, and when I got there, there was someone that was possessed with a devil, and as I walked in, it was a little individual, very, very small individual, they began to point their fingers at me with a man's voice and said get him away from me get him away from me get him away from me I don't want him around here I started rebuking that devil in the name of Jesus and this man's voice came back and said you'll not get me out I was in the garden of Eden I was in the garden of Eden oh I realized already I knew that I wasn't battling a battle of flesh I knew I was dealing with 
more than just flesh. Oh, Brother Donnie, don't that scare you to death? No, it don't, because I'm anointed of God to cast them out. I'm anointed of God to deal with. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, you said that scared me to death. Well, that's a good sign you're not called to do it. But when you're called to do it, you know that you've been given excusia, which is the right of authority, and you've also got dunamis in your soul. So you're double-packed, and you're ready to deal with it by the grace of God. Now, that demon inside of that as we wrestle with it for hours and hours on end, and finally the individual passed out on the floor, and I told the person that was there with him, there's something wrong somewhere. There's unconfessed sin. There's something that's not right. The Spirit of God would come in that place, and it felt like it's going to pack us out. Time I left there after about four hours, I was drenched from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Well, we had prayed and prayed. I told the individual, tell them when they come to. There's something wrong somewhere. Sure enough, the individual come to in a while. They told them what I said. The individual wrote down and said, yes, that's right, because I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And you know what? As long as the person's hiding sin in their life, that devil knows he's got a right to stay there. That don't mean he owns the house, but he knows his own rights. I think it's a shame that demons know their rights better than some of us do. They know their rights and they will not move. That's why Brother Ram said you can anoint people with a gallon of oil. And he, yes, he said, I did say he, that devil. You can scream. You don't cast out devils by screaming and how loud you're hollering. You can jump and shout. My goodness, that ain't going to move them. It's when they recognize the voice of authority. Are you some great person, Brother Donnie? Absolutely not. I ain't nobody and neither is anybody else that cast out devils. They're only way we can do it is because we've been called by God to do so. And you realize, now too many people, they look at that in Mark 16 and that portion of the book is close to them. Well, that's not in the original. Well, God don't do that no more. Well, they're right. He won't do it for them. But for those of us who that portion of the book is open, we say, oh yes, our Father still cast out devils. Is that right? We saw in the Louisiana camp again. And you know what? It is something that we believe our God does. But does he have a title deed to that person's body? No. But he can have a right by sin. A right by disobedience. And that spirit can take up the habitation of that body and live in that body. Is that right? Now watch then whenever the person will realize I don't want this thing in me no more. I'm sick of it. I want it out me. I want this away from me. Then you get somebody that's called of God to be able to do it, lined up with a believing heart and individual, and that devil will have to go. Well, that is a precursor to what's going to take place in the millennium. Every time we cast out a devil, it is a precursor, a prelude of what's going to happen in the millennium. What's going to happen whenever we step out on the ashes of the wicked? All devils are going to be cast out of the earth. <laughs> Praise God. They're going to be cast down and held into that great abyss, not by a log chain, but the chain of circumstance have nobody to work through. And the book will be open to the earth to where the earth will be able to loose that hole and the Son of God, Christ Jesus, will come and set his throne upon the earth and the pages of the book will be open to the earth and the earth will be able to expel Satan 
Satan and all of his demons right out. Oh, thank God. That's the way it happens to you. You see, it's a, it's a parallel and it's a story that's told over and over again. So you look at the Old Testament people, they had a book of the law. Then those people could never be born again by that law. There had to come an atonement that would come. What happened to those people when they died? They went to a place called paradise. Paradise was not up this way. Paradise was down this way. Why? There was no token, there was no atonement that would release them from their sins and make them blameless. Don't you see the book of the Old Testament had to be sealed by the fullness of redemption through the blood of an innocent one. Then what happened to that? After that took place, there was a resurrection in Matthew 27, 53. It proved that the book of the Old Testament had been closed and the book, the believers, the pages, the numbers, the letters, the paragraphs, the sentences, all of that was released out of paradise and caught up into the presence of God. Why? Because the Old Testament book was sealed and redeemed under the blood of the Lord Jesus. You follow me? Now you see, for those in this day who don't think their significance and their importance of the book being open, well, you know, we've got the cross, we've got the cross. Yes, thank God for the cross. And remember, the book was paid for, the price of redemption was paid for by our Lord Jesus with his blood out of his body at the site of the cross. But the book was not redeemed or opened at the cross. The function of the cross was not to reveal the book but buy it. You see, you go to the grocery store and you buy a box of cake mix. You buy a bottle of this and a box of that and something else. Yeah, I mean, I don't reckon you all go in there and dump the cake mix out, do you, and get a couple eggs and crack it out there and go ahead and make your cake on the, on the Ingalls floor. I don't think you do that. But you purchase it and then you take it back to your home and then you open up, oh, glory to God, you open up the box and then you go to reveal the contents and then you manifest what the desired recipe was in your mind. Well, the Lord Jesus purchased by his blood the right to attain the book of redemption, but he never opened it at the cross. Oh, my. Oh, my. Now, remember, he said in the Old Testament, a man lost his inheritance and a squatter come on his land. He could not hold it any longer for annihilation from the owner until 50 years. And after 50 years, the year of Jubilee came. And the year of Jubilee, when it came along, then everything went back to the original beginning again. So every 50 years would be the year of Jubilee, which had been seven Sabbaths. Seven Sabbaths, after the seven Sabbaths would come the year of Jubilee. After the seven Sabbaths of the church ages, we go into the Jubilee dispensation of the millennium. But there has to be an opening of the word to be able to bring it. I hope you understand which way I'm gonna go. Now, you see, the reason the rapture could not happen in the days of Luther was because the abstract to the title deed had not come back upon the earth yet. It could not happen in the days of Wesley. Why? Partial revealing. Luther still smoked a pipe, and Luther still drank beer. So the abstract could not come back upon the title deed and say, you never done it in the first place. So Luther preached justification, but it was not completely the way we believe it now. Well, glory. 
To us, justification is more, Brother Jack, than what Luther preached. Justification to Luther was, well, you accept Christ as your Savior. Forget this and that and the other that the Catholic Church is teaching. But justification to us, after the abstract has come back on the title deed, justification to us don't just mean you're forgiven. It means you've never done it in the first place. Now you see, the rapture could not come in the days of Wesley. Why? The abstract had not come back upon the title deed and they were preaching from a partially open book. The lamb had not taken the book into his full possession and opened the seals. What's the opening of the seals going to do? It's going to bring a rapturing face on the earth. Whatever time frame that would happen in, it would bring a rapturing face on the earth, it will close out the New Testament as Christ Jesus closed out the Old. When Christ Jesus closed out the Old Testament, what followed that closing? A resurrection. Whenever the bride closes out the New Testament, what will follow? A resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah, not only in our age, but for seven church ages, the book will be called the book of redemption. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Notice all slaves went back to the original beginning. If a man was hoeing in the field and the trumpet sounded, he heard it. He'd throw down his hoe and say, I'm no more a slave. I go back home to my family. Everything was given back. Why? The man has an understanding. Now, what if he was ignorant of what Jubilee meant? So he was totally ignorant. He didn't have one clue what Jubilee meant. So the trumpet blowed. He just kept on working. He just kept on hoeing. He just kept on slopping the hogs, feeding the dogs, milking the cows, feeding the chickens, uh, planting the corn, mowing the, you know, the grass, doing whatever he was doing. And the trumpet blowed. He didn't know one thing about it, but he had to know the significance of the certain sound of the trumpet. And if he knew what it meant, the sound of the trumpet contained his freedom. Praise be to God. That's why you ain't going to get the bride back in that denominational mess she come out of. Oh, you'll get some of these backsliders that fell away that didn't really have a revelation in the first place. They'll go right back to that denominational trash they was in because they're hogs and dogs. But the bride ain't a hog or a dog. She's a sheep. Well, praise the Lord. What's a, what's a hog do? Goes right back to her wallowing. What's a dog do? Goes right back to its vomit and eats the same vomit again. Go ahead, you vomit eater. But I'll tell you one thing. The bride don't like that stuff in the first place. And she sure ain't going back to eat on it again. After we've done eat this, how can we ever go back to a pile of vomit? Oh, glory. Notice. Five, maybe 40 years. A man had been gone. 40 years he'd been gone from his property and he got over there. Why, wow, there's so-and-so on the Well, they're in my house. What in the world are you doing in my house? This ain't your house. I've been here for 40 years. If that man knew by the opening of the trumpet, he knew what that man he went and said, you get out of my house now. This is not up for arbitration. It's not up for discussion. You leave. Well, I ain't going to do it. Well, I've got my, my garden out here planted. I've got this place insured. I've got this and the other. I ain't leaving. You are leaving now because the law of God says I get my inheritance back. 
Oh, glory. Notice the prophet said the legal owner was coming back. He had to give away, hallelujah, one of these days the kingdoms of this world will fall. Brother, sister, they're doing it all around us. My, my, notice what's gonna happen. Oh, happy day. One of these days the kingdoms of this world will fall and the legal owners will come in one of these days, we're fixing to take this place over. Amen. Amen. It's been thousands of years since sons of God walked on the earth with eternal life in their bodies and a body that matched their soul. But it ain't gonna be too, more, too many more settings of the sun, too many more days until the sons and daughters of God will step back out on this earth and will say to hell, give way, hell. Go back to the gates of hell, Satan. We are here to take it over. We're here to rout out sickness. We're here to rout out disease. This is our earth. Now, I hope you understand me. All those souls that have moved into the realm of the sixth dimension. My, we've got so many there now in the last few years. They're not unhappy. They're not lonely or sad, but they do know they're not complete. Why? God never made you to be an angel. God never made you to be just a theophany. He made you to be a man or a woman. Now can you imagine people in the sixth dimension in eternity into perfection of perfection and sublime and all of those great words the prophet used to describe it and yet they said to him, he said, do you eat here? He said, no. Do you drink here? No. But someday we'll go back to earth and take up bodies. Well, what's, what's wrong with the theophany? Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. There's no fault. But that's not who you were meant to be. Amen. You should have been seed, theophany, glorified body. But since you come through the woman tree, you were seed, soul, human spirit, and this, which is far from glorified. Now it takes three to make a perfection. What happens to your spirit? The prophet tells us it breaks up when you die. Imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. You won't need the human spirit in the sixth dimension or in the new world. What will you have? Theophany. Seed, amen. Theophany, glorified body. Now the adoption of the prophet tells he says, oh, Brother Branham, oh, their sister so-and-so, their sister George, and say, where are you sisters being? Oh, we've been down there at the river about a thousand years. We've just been sitting down there praising God and just worshiping God. You know, he talks about them coming to the earth. He said, but you know, said that when they're up in that dimension, that world, where they were, he saw them out. He said, well, you know, we'd like to have some of that water, but we can't drink it up here. And we'd like to have some of them grapes, but we can't eat them here. But we go back to earth and we will take up some bodies and there will eat and drink and live. Why? Because this is part of who you are. You see, my name in the
the title deed of redemption. No doubt it's not Donnie Reagan because that's not who I am. That's only the human identity that I have now. Once I leave here, then we still call people our loved ones by their human name. But more than likely, that's not their name now. Amen. They're not their name now. And you say, well, I couldn't be in heaven if my grandma wasn't there and my grandpa and my 13 cousins and my, my 14 aunts and my 37 uncles. Whenever you're born into that world, you realize you're not a Bab, you're not a Reagan, you're not a Gilruth, you're not a Smith, you're not an Elliot, but you're reborn into the family of God. Then the title deed of the redemption of your soul is released beyond the curtain of time and you move into a house which is a theophany which was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. That portion of the title deed has come open. Oh, glory. And what does that point to? The resurrection of another body. Notice this. I found this, this uh, legal term here of explaining a title deed. So the word title deed means a legal deed or document constituting evidence of a right, especially to ownership of property. Now we got people here, of course, that deal in, in loans and all this, that, and other, and so they can explain it a lot better than I could. But a title deed or a document constituting evidence of a right. So this evidence is speaking of your right to possess this property. Oh, glory. So what happened to this book? Now notice again from the breach. Now, oh my, the forfeited title deed is now in the hands of the original owner. So something had to happen to man's rights. If man had the original abstract title deed, something had to happen to his right because now he no longer has the right to even hold the book. It's in the hands of the original owner, almighty God, the title deed to the earth, to eternal life. When Adam forfeited it, then Satan's dirty hands could not take it, so it went back into the original owner God himself. And we're going to find out in just a minute. There he sits on the throne with it in his hand, the title deed. Oh, that makes me feel religious, friends. The title deed to eternal life. Abstract deed to eternal life. When Adam forfeited it for wisdom, and instead of faith, it went back into the hands of the owner, almighty God. What's it doing, oh Lord, in the hands of God, waiting for redemption claims? So here it's in the hands of God. What for? Waiting for redemption claims for someone that can walk up and say, give it to me. Waiting for redemption claims. He made a way of redemption. He made a way back. Waiting for redemption claims. It's redemption. What is the book of redemption? This title deed, abstract. Did you say abstract? What does an abstract mean? Means it's searched all the way back to its beginning. Like the little drop of ink this morning, now remember, this is the breach when he preached the seal. So that morning service, this is Sunday night, he preached God in simplicity. And he preached about a little drop of ink that would fall into a tub of bleach. And as it would fall into the tub of bleach, the chemicals in the bleach would react upon the chemistry of the ink. 
And what would they do? Dissolve the color. So the color of the black drop of ink would fall into the powerful blood of the bleach of the Lord Jesus. And when it did, all the black, the blue, whatever the ink was, it would totally be dissolved. Where does it go? Into the bleach itself. Now, it's so absorbed into the bleach, it is annihilated from its existence as ink. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. When it struck that bleach, it went all the way back. When sin has been confessed, fallen into the blood of Jesus Christ, oh my, it gives an abstract right straight back to the creator again. You become a son of God, an abstract to the title deed is hand and the hand of all mighty. It's redemption means, now listen what it is, all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. Brother Donnie, you sure are getting old. I am. Y'all are too, in case you didn't know it. Poor Brother Darrell come in the office back there while I go for church and reach over and shake my hand, pull fellow like the fellow on the desk. Says his back had been hurting him all day. I said, buddy, I can't imagine when you're gonna turn 40 the second time. <laughs> you know we're near that age right now. But what is it? We're all people going on 18. I'm 65 going on 18. Oh, I know if I live a couple of months, I'll be 66 in July, but I might turn 18 before I turn 66. Now, I know that sounds absolutely crazy. Why could you say that? Because that's what my title deed says. My title deed does not point to 66 or 76. It points back when I was my best, when I was 18 or 20. No, but before the foundation of the world. And it promises me a brand new body that will never grow old. Oh my, he says, oh my, what that ought to do to a born again Christian. It's legal possession to the abstract deed, the title deed of eternal life means that you possess everything that Adam and Eve lost. What of it, brethren? The possession of that deed. Adam could not meet the requirements of redemption. I couldn't, you couldn't, none of us could. Oh my, oh glory. Notice he says, he had sinned, he separated himself from God, was on this side of the chasm. Lord God, thank you for mercy. And he could not redeem it, he just couldn't do it because he needed redemption himself. So the title deed to redemption goes back into the hands of the original owner, waiting for what? Redemption claims. Is there any man? Is there any man beneath the earth? Is there any man in the earth, above here? What about angels, is there any man? He wasn't looking for angels or cherubims, he's looking for a man. Now he has the title deed to redemption, he has it in his hand. Mediation is done now. He has it in his hand. Remember, it's been in the hand of God all the time, but now it's in the hand of the Lamb. You see, this is where the brethren got messed up. 
some of the brethren tried to take some of these things, bless their hearts, and preached that when the seals come open, nobody else could be saved after 63, which means the majority of us was lost, and a bunch of y'all weren't even born then, right? And why do they say that? Oh, they base it on quotes, but without understanding. You see, when John saw the book here and the title deed, it was in revelation form. And the prophet said that whenever it was in that form and John heard them seven thunders, he said, what about when it's in its reality form? Notice, so there was a book there in heaven and then the lamb is going to take the book. And many of the brethren, whenever the prophet, as I said, preached this and said, now the lamb has the book in his hand. And then they said, well, that's it. There's no more mercy for nobody. Well, I agree. When the lamb has the book in his hands. When the lamb has the book. The book. Amen. Don't you understand the final stage of the taking of the book is the bride uniting with the groom. When he comes to claim his bride, who is the words on the pages. Oh my, it was given to make sons and daughters of God again, bring them back to a garden of Eden. Everything they lost, the whole creation, the trees, the animals, life, everything else. Oh, don't that make you feel good? Whew, he says, glory. Aren't y'all glad it's springtime here in Tennessee? Oh my, all these trees. I know, I know, except for the pollen. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I know, but look around. I told Kirk yesterday today, I said, boy, the Lord must love green. I want you to look at that color green, that shade of green, that shade of green. He must absolutely love green. I said, think of it, honey. This might be the last spring the earth will, will ever see on this earth. Well, this might be our last time here. Brother Donnie, you believe it's that close? I believe it's that close, friend. And I live that close every day of my life. I live today as if though Jesus could come today. Well, he didn't. I'm gonna live that same way tomorrow. I'm gonna live that same day Friday and Saturday and Sunday until he comes or I go to meet him because I don't know when it's gonna come and you don't either. We wanna be ready. Oh, oh, I said, <laughs> water separation 1955. I used to oftentimes wonder what's the matter with a Christian church. They're so scared of things. Why well, you got nothing to be scared about. Well, praise the Lord. Amy's gonna need help with this little quote. Yeah, okay, okay. Why you have got nothing to be scared about. The first word nearly Jesus said after the resurrection was fear not. Don't fear. Don't get scared. There ain't nothing gonna happen. Nothing can happen. Nothing can bother a Christian. Amen. Not even death itself can even touch the Christian. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. But Brother Donnie, my mother's dead. Not if she had the Holy Ghost, she ain't. She's more alive than you are. Amen. Death itself has no reign over a Christian. Christ died in our, boy, that ought to make a Baptist want to shout. 
My, what a faith that ought to build up in the people. Something that told them are, you'll never get nothing by being a little jellyfish Christian. Did you ever see a jellyfish? You just hit him. He just splatters all over everything. Boy, I tell you, friend, we are living in a splattering age. People are splattering on Facebook. They're splattering on Twitter. They're splattering here. Lord, have mercy. Have you ever heard so much in the last couple of days since they've got a little insight to the Supreme Court and they're scared to death they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade? Lord, have mercy. They're having nightmares. They're scared to death and tore to pieces. They don't know what in the world to do. My, my. Their little world is crumbling around. That ain't nothing compared to what's fixing to happen. I'm so glad my mind is not settled on the things of this world. All oh, the economy, this, and inflation, that, oh, yes, and it's going to get worse, but we're getting closer every day of our life to our full redemption. Amen. Oh, my. A jellyfish, you know what usually eats them? The crabs and things along the sides of the seashore comes up with his little pincher and cuts him in two and takes him down because the jellyfish just lays there. Brother, we need some Christians, not jellyfish. But with a backbone. That's right, that'll stand. Oh, I don't mean to fuss with people, but stand for your God-given rights. That Christ died for certainly not be pushed around. We don't have to be. Well, why do we think we do then? Why do we think we have to be defeated? We have to be saved. Says who? He's just pinching you all over and you're running everywhere. You're just cutting, you're hearing just oozing out. You're just oozing out here. You know, people are getting, how you doing? Oh, Lord, have mercy. My back, my big toe, my esophageal, my, my sinus bone, my this. Oh, Lord, we know more about the anatomy than we've ever known in our life. We need more faith and new knowledge about anatomy. My, we go to Dr. Google, every symptom that we get. Okay, your right eye's twitching and your left leg is twitching. Oh, Lord, it's cancer of the chicka, 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 whatever. Oh, Lord, I don't even know how to spell it. I don't even know how to say it. Oh, dear God, help me. You need to get your mind out of the garbage pail. You need to get your mind out of Google this and Google that and get it on your title D that by his stripes you are healed. Satan cannot take you until God is done with you. <laughs> and this right here is the way you need to talk to the devil. Watch this. He says, our inheritance belongs to us and it's your privilege to have anything that you inherited through accepting Jesus Christ and dying to yourself. How marvelous. Yes, sir, Satan said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. No, you ain't going to do nothing. Now, that ain't a spineless jellyfish. 
Oh, I'm sorry, devil. Ooey gooey, I'm so sorry, devil. No, you ain't gonna do nothing. That's the way you talk back to him. No, you ain't taking me. No, you're not killing me. No, you're not taking my husband. No, you're not taking my daughter. No, you can't do it. God can, but you can't. No, you ain't going to do nothing. That's the way to talk back to him. Say, I know my position in Christ, and you might as well get away. I ain't listening to you no more. I got an inheritance. Amen. Do we ever need the book open to us, friends? We need it now. Praise God. We got a title deed to it, an abstract. Goes all the way back to Pentecost. Or back to Calvary. He said, on the day of Pentecost, when he said, this promise is unto you and your children, them that's so far off from me, the Lord our God shall call. Abstract deed. Amen. Clear all the way back to Pentecost. When you go home tonight, you Christians, respectable people, sitting here a bunch of drunks and things has moved in, taken over your house and said, well, what about this? Looky here. They say this is a house, isn't it? Yes. Well, made for human beings, isn't it? Yes. Well, I'm a human being. I have a right to be here. But you don't have a right to be there. We don't believe in that kind of carrying on. Well, he said, I'm not going to get out. And the lay down here that says he will get out. As long as you can prove, it's your house. Is that right? Satan said, I'm going to take you prematurely. Now watch him. He goes to the squatter that's moved into your house. Maybe it's in the form of blood pressure. Maybe it's in the form of sugar. Maybe it's in the form of a heart problem. Maybe it's in the form of a tumor. And that devil says, I'm going to take you prematurely. This is what you say back. No, you're not. We got a title to the, (laughs) hallelujah. We got a title to this property of ours. And we got an attorney, Uh uh-oh. We got an attorney sitting in glory. Amen, with a blood sacrifice of his own life. Not only that, we've got an FBI agent. Praise God. We've got an FBI agent, amen, the Holy Spirit. God's great detective just leave that blood there and serve that warrant on him and watch the Holy Ghost put him out. Oh, you say, Brother Donnie, I tried to make him leave. It ain't your place to make him leave. It's your place to stand behind the blood and provide the search warrant. Let the Holy Ghost kick him out. Oh, glory to God. Let the Holy Ghost put him to going. You ain't got the power to do it. I ain't got the power to do it, but the Holy Ghost does. Hmm. Just leave that blood there and serve that warrant on him. Watch the Holy Ghost put him out. There you are, yours, yours. Whosoever will, let him come. 
Oh, it's marvelous. Can I have a few more minutes? Now watch, let's, let's go to the rising of the sun. Like the Pentecostal experience today. Whoa. Notice the date. 4-18-65. Uh-huh. Preached where? Branham Tabernacle, Jeffersonville. Wow, you mean Brother Branham believed in a Pentecostal experience? All Bible believers do. Like the Pentecostal experience today and the coming of the Holy Ghost in this last days is promised. It's like the abstract to a title deed. Now you can get a title, sure you can get a title to a place, but that still don't say it's yours. No sir, somebody way back yonder could come in and put a claim on it. But when you get an abstract that shows everything that's ever against it is struck off. Plung back from the foundation. When a man is said, he believes the word. Then when the Holy Spirit comes, it is the abstract to the title. You see, this as far as many Christians go. I believe. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I'm a Christian. I believe what he said. You've got a title. You've got a claim that you're a Christian. But has your deed been cleared? Friends, don't you see, this rapture is not just for us. The resurrection is not just for Brother Jim and Brother Allen and, 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 and Brother Homer Arnold and, and for our sisters and brothers that have gone on. This next resurrection is for 2,000 years of church ages. Paul is waiting on us. Peter is waiting on us. James, Bartholomew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Luther, Wesley, Brother Branham is waiting on us. Don't you understand why this book must be opened? We must see who we are. The whole resurrection, the finale of the closing of the New Testament will be the bride. When she comes to her spot, her place, when he gets his place back in the body as the headship of the church, and when the New Testament is finished, it will be closed with a resurrection. Praise be to God. He will call the book. That gives you permission. When you have that abstract that every bit of that belongs to you, everything that is on it belongs to you. That gives us the abstract when the Holy Ghost comes upon this title deed that God saw back yonder for the foundation of the world and put its name on the book of life and was born through a man and woman and subject to sin and guilty of sin. But when I believed on it, I received the deed. But when the Holy Ghost come, it was the abstract. When Luther believed, he received the deed, but everything wasn't struck off against him. The Lutheran Reformation, what did they lead them to? As they led them, what did they preach? The deed, the deed, the deed, the deed. What did Wesley preach? Cleaning the deed, cleaning the deed, sanctification. 
What did Pentecost preach? The deed, the deed, the deed. Don't you understand? This is why the lamb had to come in this day. Not Brother Branham. Brother Branham was not the lamb. The lamb was Christ himself. Christ must come and tear open those seals. Not just make a black book with gold letters on it, but your identity. The whole resurrection, the whole work of the consummation of the ages of 2,000 years is hinging on this last group of believers. Will it work? Will it be a success? Paul died, went down to the grave. His soul went into that sixth dimension. Peter died, body went down to the grave. But the whole body must be proved in a resurrection. So the seals must be tore off and the lamb himself had to come. Amen. And say, look, little bride, this is who you are. Then the token comes, not just a baptism of the Holy Ghost. I know this confuses people, it tears them all to pieces. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a boy, just as a boy. But I could not have a word birth until I come to the word for this hour. <laughs> oh yeah, I shout, I jumped, I spoke in tongues, I preached, I done all of that. But if I would have been a word burst under Pentecost, I'd have been sealed under the Pentecostal message. In other words, I'd have never saw this message of Malachi 4. Amen. That's why we come out of that, Brother Larry. That's why we was looking for something even when we were there. Brother Donnie, didn't you have something real? I did. That something I had real led me to something more real. And glory to God, it still lead me to something more real. What is it? That God can open our understanding. Oh, can't you hear Paul? Can't you hear Peter? Can't you hear him saying, come on, children. Come on, children. We are compassed about with many clouds of witnesses. When the Lord Jesus accomplishes, when every name will be redeemed off the book. Then he takes the book. See, you still got it in your mind that it's some sort of little book up there in heaven. He will take the book when the book is finished. And when he takes the book, glory to God, them in the ages behind us will reach over and grab a hold of the hands of the others and they'll reach over and grab a hold of the hands of the others. Oh, glory to God. And there will be a universal resurrection and a rapture. 2,000 years, seven church ages consummated in the year of Jubilee. Let's stand. You ain't got time for the rest of it. Ready to go again. <laughs> Let me read this paragraph 250. But when the abstract was come, it struck off, omitted everything. I'm an abstract holder then. How could the Old Testament saints, how could they ever go into that place? How could they ever go into a resurrection? They couldn't. So where'd they go? Paradise. Under the blood of the lamb, a turtle dove, a pigeon, an ox. 
But when the blood of the kinsmen come, he sealed the Old Testament believers. And many of the bodies of the saints arose and went in with him after his resurrection. So the Old Testament was closed and sealed. And when it was sealed, he took the book of believers. What do you mean, Brother Donnie? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Them were not just Bible stories. They were stories of Bible people. Whoa, glory to God, that was a good one. Them wasn't just Bible stories. They were stories of the Word. Don't you understand if there was another generation, there would be stories written right now. This man of God, he done this. This man of God done that. It's the same Holy Ghost. It was not the acts of Simon Peter, not the acts of Paul, but the acts of the Holy Spirit. I have an abstract deed that I'm part of that body. With that abstract of the Holy Ghost making that body of the Word live out exactly like it did in Him. As he promised in the last days, the abstract, all my sins are struck out. All your sins struck out by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost has come as an abstract to the title deed that God give me by grace, by foreknowledge. God's provided place of worship. You've got an abstract title. There's nothing can put you off of it. Everything that's on that ground belongs to you. Praise God. Can't you see why the Bible says, they without us were not made perfect. Luther and them knew the time would come. Wesley, Wycliffe, all of them as they would die, the blood spilling out of their bodies and would prophesy, the swan will come. Soon will come the swan. They kept pointing to a higher light, a greater day. We are here. Amen. This day, these prophecies are fulfilled in our eyes. We're not serving him with a bunch of creeds and dogmas, but we have the same Lord Jesus in our midst doing the same thing he did in the book of Acts. Healing the sick, casting out devils, preaching the word from an open book. Not from a closed book, but from an open book given to us by the Lamb Himself. Can you see why the prophet would say it? He opened those seals. He is those seals. For the whole word of God is Christ. Hallelujah. Don't you love him? Luther was a good man as far as he knew. But it was not the head. Wesley was a good man. Charles, John, Many of those men were great, great men, did, did great things for God. Charles Spurgeon, prince of preachers, 
Great things. I mean, the man had some great things to say. But he didn't have a clue about the opening of the seals. His message was very good for the day. And then still, still some things he said then still carries over to this day. Good things. But don't you understand? The Lamb did not open the book of mystery on the cross. He purchased the right to take the book. Then he goes up into heaven, sprinkles the altar of the mercy seat with his own blood, and he comes back down on the earth and doesn't even open it before his ascension. But he carries John to the Isle of Patmos and shows John by vision. Whenever this, this contradiction of reality, when this contradiction of science would proceed from the very heart of God, a God-man, not a man of God, but the God-man, that God would have to condescend himself and step out of himself and turn around and take the book from himself in another form. And then he would come back and he would save it for all these years for the last days and say, now children, it's yours. I believe I'm looking at people here tonight that will never die. I believe we're so close to the coming of the Lord that there are people in this building, people streaming this service, will never die. And when you come to that spot and the last name, you see, it's not just what we're doing, but it's the last name on the book is fully redeemed. He's under the work of intercessory work. And he will stay there in the mediatorial position until the last name on the book is fully redeemed. And when it is, then he takes the book. So you want to say, what's his name? Is he walking there before the throne of God and taking another book? No. Right here. He'll take the book. That book has two wings. A resurrection wing and a live wing. Those of us who are alive and remain shall not prevent or hinder those which are asleep. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall all be changed, and we're going to be caught up. And the prophet said, you got to have two wings. A bird has to have two wings to balance itself. So it's not just the living wing. Oh, you can't fly. A bird can't fly with one wing. So it's the resurrected wing and the living wing, and they all come together and makes the, you know, the two sides of the book. And when the book comes together, then we all race together. <laughs> oh, glory! What's he doing? Taking the book. And it's finished with the resurrection. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord Jesus, what a great hour to be living. Oh yes, all hell is breaking loose. Your prophet said it over and over again, when all hell breaks loose, all heaven comes down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Make your word more real to our hearts, Father. Open it to us, dear God. We know that the earth has a title deed, and there must be a release of the abstract. The Old Testament, as it were, was of the same parabolical symbol. And it's amazing. We are the same way. 
We are the same way. So when we believe, we get the deed. So them believers in the book of Acts, when Paul come up to him and said, have you heard about the Holy Ghost? I said, oh, we, we ain't even heard anything about there was a Holy Ghost. He said, well, how was he baptized? Well, on to John. So they believed and they got the deed, but they didn't even know nothing about no abstract, which is where the majority of Christendom is today. They believe and accept Christ as their Savior, and they've got the deed, and that's all they have to do. That's as far as they have to go. But a deed with no abstract will ever produce a rapture. But there'll have to be a group of people standing on the earth in the last days that be able to look Satan and his demons in the face and say, there's nothing against me. I and my Father are one. Well, that don't mean our humanity won't bother us and aggravate us. But we, it's not so much a perfection of the flesh, but subjection of the flesh. That's a conquering life. Help us to see that, Lord. And when that's achieved around the world, Lord, as I saw them pictures today in Malawi, those believers, some of them, for the first time in their life, getting Bibles. Lord, in the different languages of the world, getting the books of the message of the hour and them screaming and hollering and jumping and praising God for getting those books. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there are brothers and sisters in Malawi and South Africa and Johannesburg and Durban and Zimbabwe and all over the world. And we will not go in the rapture until their portion of the book has been revealed to them. And there will come a sweep over the earth in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And the theophanies will be released from the sixth dimension. And they will call their bodies from the dust of the earth. And in a moment we will be changed. And we're getting together with the rest of the group. And we come up missing on the earth. And they can't find us no more. Praise God. The devil say, which way did they go? Which way did they go? Glory to God and the bride ascends up into heaven. He'll be kicked out because there won't be room for all of us shouting holy rollers up over that devil there. Woe, woe, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. For the devil has come down unto them for he knows that he has but a short time. And then John looked there and he said, the devil that was cast out, the accusers of the brethren. When we stand there and glorified bodies, every one of our bodies will prove he's a liar. He said they'll never make it, they'll never make it. Every glorified son and daughter of God walks in the courtroom of God. Hallelujah, and they're totally innocent. Standing there, our garments prove who we are. Amen. Our, bar, our bodies prove who we are. When we walk in there with eternal eyes and eternal bones and eternal hair and eternal flesh. Hallelujah. It will prove every lying devil out of hell was a liar. And it will prove our abstract took full effect and the accuser of the brethren will be cast out praise God even as lovely and as beautiful as that place will be we'll still be wanting to come back to mama praise God we'll be wanting to come back to mama
What do I mean? Earth, our mother. The Lord Jesus knew that. So you took a body out of mama too. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we'll come back and take over. Praise be to God. Oh, grant it, Lord. Hasten the day. Hasten the day, Lord God. We want to be ready, Lord Jesus. How many say with me tonight by the uplifting of your hand, I want to be ready, Brother Dottie, with all my heart. I want to be ready. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Them bombs go to flying by three in the morning. I ain't going to worry about it. I'll be gone before one ever hits us. Let them shoot Satan one and Satan two. Let them fly their big hypersonic airplane called the messenger. I've already heard the message and the messenger. Praise God. He may deliver a bomb on the messenger to blow up America, but it ain't going to blow up me. My body's going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, happy day, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. Praise be to God. What an hour, saints. What an hour. It's laying right before us. Praise God. Praise God. I wonder if there's any ear to sick tonight. You need healing. You need this bound. You need deliverance. The Lord Jesus is right here to do it for you. Hallelujah. You need the Holy Ghost. He's here to fill you. You're at home. You're sick. Well, his power ain't limited to these four walls. He can go right out over that internet and bring healing to your body. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be delivered. Receive what you have need of. In the name of the mighty conqueror. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I've just been singing this song for the last week about the goodness of God. Let's just sing it together. How many knows he's been so good to you? When I get up in the morning, he's been good. In the middle of trials, he's good to me. And I'm up on the mountain. Oh, sure, we can all recognize he's good to us then. But I'm so glad I can recognize the goodness of God when I'm in the valley. When I'm not feeling well, he's still been good to me. Amen. His goodness is running me down. David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray, well, Brother Donnie, the devil's told me this and the devil's told me that. Well, yeah, and you've told me what the devil's told you, and I've told you what you need to tell the devil. Do so you need to tell the devil you're a liar? You're a liar. You're not taking me to no premature grave. I'm going to serve my purpose. I'm going to serve my God with a fervent heart and a fervent desire. Sing it to us. Let's just sing it together, shall we? Can we just you worship Lord, him just a little before we go? I love you, Lord. For your mercy, for your mercy never, fails never fails me. All my days. Is this your testimony? All my I'm days. Held in I've your been held hands. in your hands, Lord. From the moment that I wake up. 
This is right. 
Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can spend all of your time talking about the badness of the devil or the badness of the Democratic Party or the badness of the Republicans or the badness of how high gas is or you can talk about the goodness of God. I don't know about you, it's on me when I go to sleep at night, it's on me when I wake up in the morning, it's on me when I'm going through hard times, it's on me when I'm going through good times. I'll tell you one thing, I cannot remember, listen to me, one day of my life since I've been serving God that the goodness of God hasn't been there. But Brother Donnie, in trials, in trials, when people are laughing at you, when they were laughing at me, but what kept me? The goodness of God. What kept me from going out of my mind when stress was so difficult the goodness of God what's kept you the goodness of God what's going to get you out of here in a body change the goodness of God oh hallelujah what is it that's going to bring the resurrection of 2,000 years the goodness of God mm. hallelujah brother Darrell come pray for the people Oh, ain't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Praise the Lord. God bless your service Sunday. Let's come expecting the Lord. Speak to us. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay my hands on Brother Darrell's back. Dear God, you see this need in his body. Strengthen him, Lord. By your stripes, he's already healed. We're just waiting for the manifestation, Lord God. Touch him, I pray. You suffered stripes in your back. They beat you till you could hardly walk. The strips of meat hung from your back so his back could be delivered in the name of Jesus. Make him well. May your healing virtue surge through his body right now, Lord God. Make our brother well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Praise the Lord. Isn't he wonderful? What a mighty God that we serve. His goodness has followed us all of our lives. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad that in the time of need and the time of great difficulty that he's the answer to every problem that we have. He's the answer yesterday. He's the answer today. And if there's a tomorrow, he will be the answer tomorrow. Well, I've I, I got a great question. I got a, he's the answer, friends. Amen. And to know that we are in his arms. He'll not lose a one of us. He promised he wouldn't lose a one of us. Amen. We ain't going down. We ain't going up. You know, when you get to heaven, you ain't going to some place you ain't never been. You just going home. Praise the Lord. Ain't no place like home. Aren't you glad he's your healer tonight? Amen. How many has a need and just believes the Lord can move for it? You know, Brother Donnie's talking about the internet. I was preaching in New York City. There was a brother in Florida with macular degeneration of his eyes. He was going blind. And I was sharing what the Lord did for Jessica and how he opened her blinded eyes. And that man in his living room stood up and said, if God could do that for Jessica, he can do it for me. He goes back to the doctor. The doctor gives him a clean bill of health. Nothing wrong with his eyes. Amen. He's God, friends. He could do anything at any time, at any moment. Amen. Amen. You want another one? A brother was addicted to drugs, listening on the internet, and the Lord delivered him from drugs. Come to church and said, I'm free, I'm clean. Power. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I was, I was in Ohio. They, I preached and we went into the study and they called me back out. Somebody wanted prayer and it broke into a prayer line and they was just, we was praying for the people and this sister came up and I said, do you need something from the Lord Jesus? And she said, no, I was home streaming the service and the Lord healed me. She said, I got in the car and drove down here to testify that I'm healed. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's our God. Amen. Brother Bram said he wants to heal us a thousand times more than we want to be healed. Amen. Amen. Sister Patty, there's a sister told me last Wednesday night out there in the foyer that two years ago down in Arkansas, she was crippled. And she came in the prayer line down there and she walked off just as normal as she could be. He can heal crippled feet, Amen. sis. That's right. Amen. Let's just bow our heads tonight and believe him. Amen. Heavenly Father. Lord, thou knowest these things are true, Lord. I heard the prophet of God say this week that there's no man can heal, for thou art the healer, dear God. But Lord, we believe that sons and daughters of God upon this earth, you have given us the authority, dear God, by an abstract title. Lord, that we can possess the land that's been given to us, Lord. And as Brother Donnie preached tonight, the enforcer, the Holy Ghost is here to drive the squatters off of everything, God, that doesn't belong to them, that they try to take from us our joy, our peace, our healing, our strength, our children. But oh God, tonight with an abstract deed, we come in the name of Jesus Christ as sons and daughters of God to claim what belongs to us to take back what the enemy has tried to steal from us and Father I pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit would move tonight upon every need that's in the building dear God Father there's not a need here there's not a situation that's greater than you Lord and so we look to you Father and we claim it's already done as we've heard your prophets say so many times that if the Lord Jesus stood here in this suit that was given to me he could not heal you because it's already been done oh God give us faith tonight to rise up Lord and receive that which you've already done for us tonight may the blood pressures return back to normal may the sugar return back to normal dear God may the thyroid symptoms leave the people tonight we pray God may crippled legs be made straight oh father God may weak eyes be made strong may the oppressed be liberated tonight by the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ Satan you've lost the battle you was defeated at Calvary our Lord broke your back you're nothing but a bluff and we challenge you tonight and we hold between you and the people the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and we use our abstract title deed tonight to say get off our property you have no right tonight in the name of Jesus Christ we claim our healing we claim our joy we claim our children we claim as Caleb did with that revelation give me my mountain it belongs to me oh God grant it tonight I pray father in the name of Jesus Christ may we Lord accept and receive that which you've already done for us, Lord. Oh, God, may we see your love, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Surely, Lord, we can see tonight if you could save us from drinking, if you could save us from drugs, if you could save us from all these things, surely you can take sickness out of our bodies, Lord. Oh, God, we believe it tonight and we receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. The blood of the Lamb has made us free and whom the Son hath made free is free indeed. So, Lord, we lay these symptoms down. We lay these vanities down. And we walk out as a free people tonight, made free by the blood of the Lamb of God. Oh, can't they see why we're so happy? Because we've accepted the words of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord tonight. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord tonight. Is the promises to you, is the promise to your children, then receive it tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for every trial, Lord. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your deliverance, Lord. Thank you for sending Elijah. Oh, God, thank you for the open book, dear God, tonight. We can see ourselves, Lord, as I heard the prophet say the other day, that, oh, God, not only are we the possessors of the earth, but the entire universe. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Grant it tonight, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Oh, can't you see why I'm so happy? I've accepted the words of the Lord. The you happy tonight hallelujah Revelation is yours tonight, all given to you as love gifts from your groom. Praise the Lord. Sing something, Brother Joel. God bless you, saints. Certainly enjoyed the word tonight. Appreciate it. So thankful to have Brother Jackie Benton with us tonight and singing for us tonight. Appreciate the Lord allowing him to be here. There was just an announcement that I missed there. Um, they just want to let folks know that they're tearing down the wooden playgrounds at the pavilion. Anyone's welcome to come take the slides, tunnels. It just needs to be after 6 p.m. Contact Michael Bailey. So just if anybody has any interest in that. Let's just sing that. Um, take up your cross and follow Jesus as you go tonight. I know it's been good to be here tonight. Pray for the services this weekend. Well, take up your cross. And follow Jesus And take up your cross Every day Don't be ashamed To say that you know Take up your cross 